Blog Talk Radio. You're listening live to an edition of ATL Prime Sports. Todd Quarter here in Atlanta. JJ on the other side of the ATL. Mark Mancini in Los Angeles and our Wayne, our producer Wayne in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, we have a special guest today, Evie Van Pelt. Uh, she's the publisher of the Rebel Walk, where they cover old Miss sports better than anyone. Uh, you can get her at Old Miss Evie. And you can uh, you can follow her on the Rebel Walk, also on Twitter. You can follow all of us on Twitter at ATL Prime Sports. Myself at Quarter Todd, JJ at JJ Get You One, Mark at Mancini Sports, and Wayne at RWY Junior. So we have all the pleasantries done. We all haven't been on for several weeks. I've been all over the country: Western PA, Eastern PA, South Georgia. And finally back to Atlanta in two weeks, and here we are. And Evie, thank you so much. Um, welcome to the show, and let's talk about the game that's on Monday night down in Mercedes-Benz Dome. Thank you all for having me on, and thank you for having me. And I'm excited to be here, and I'm really excited to head to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium coming up here Monday. Really excited about that game. You should be. It's going to be a great opening game. You know what? The quarterback's... Matt Carell of Old Miss, Malik Cunningham of Louisville, very good. Head coaches Lane Kiffin and Scott Satterfield. Um, you know, to me, when you look at these teams offensively, Old Miss was third last year, seventh in the pass, 26th in the rush. Louisville was uh, 29th offensively, 48 with a pass, 29th with a rush. To me, it's not going to come down really to the offenses unless they turn the ball over. You know, Ole Miss is coming off that good performance versus Indiana in the Outback Bowl. Uh, they do return experience in the secondary. They're big up front, and they're terrific at linebacker. But they were 126th in the nation defensively last year. Louisville was 39th. Louisville has to replace six starters. So something Evie has to give, and I'm thinking, whose defense can cause their offense to turn the ball over is going to win this game. Your thoughts? Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. It was funny yesterday in yesterday's press conference with Corral. Well, actually, we had Corral and a defensive lineman and a defensive back, but Corral said, I'll be ready for drop eight and because uh, that's what got him last year, you know, against Arkansas and, and LSU. That's when he had kind of his, his turnover situations. But he said, I'll be ready for drop eight, and I am going to expect the unexpected. And I think, I don't know, call me crazy, but I think the kids' focus this year is just different to me. And, I, I you know, we're, we're, we're going to see Monday night, but I don't expect him, I don't expect him to have turnover issues. So, I do feel like the the Ole Miss defense, I mean, I know it's cliche to say they have a chip on their shoulders, but every single player pretty much for the defense throughout the entirety of fall camp has been asked that over and over. You know, are y'all wanting to redeem yourselves from last year? So I really think that uh, Lane has gotten some pieces together that will help them do that. You're listening to Ole Miss Evie, Evie Van Pelt, editor of the Rebel Walk, right here on ATL Prime Sports. TC talked about the defense, what's going to give. Let's go to the offensive side of the ball for me. Ole Miss doesn't just throw the ball well, Evie. They run it well, too. Describe uh, the battle between these running backs, uh, who's going to be the starter, and uh, just how deep that running back room is. 
and how it will affect that game Monday night. You know, it's really interesting. I The running back uh, room is incredibly deep. It's so deep that Snoop Connor, who, you know, many expected. I mean, Jerry and Ely is without a doubt the returning starter and, and will be. I mean, he's Mr. Everything back there. Um but a lot of people thought maybe Snoop Connor would be the backup. Snoop had a really good season last year. When we get our depth chart this week, Snoop, who is a very, very good running back, is fourth on the depth chart. <laughs> That's like, holy cow. You know, one Rebel fan said to me, if Snoop Connor is the fourth best running back on our team, which not saying he is, but that's where he is on the depth chart, then we have got a heck of a running back room. So we're looking for Jerrion Ely. They've got him listed first. Then Henry Parrish, a sophomore, uh, Kentrell Bullock, a sophomore, and then Snoop. So I just I just look for a heavy dose of those guys he's going to have. You're going to see Ely in the slot some. You're going to see Ely getting the ball in a lot of different ways. Yeah, you know what, Stevie, speaking of, of the ball in a lot of different ways, you know, these guys are a lot alike on offense. They're going to throw the ball deep downfield. I, I, I expect a, a lot of deep passes, and I expect each team's secondary to be tested greatly on Monday night. I do, too. I do, too. And I think, you know, the the Ole Miss mantra, so to speak, their hashtag on Twitter is score from far. And if there is anything that <laughs> yes. sums up Lane Kiffin's, you know, philosophy, personality, everything, it would be score from far. So I, I think we're definitely going to see that. I think, um, you know, we're going to be keeping an eye out on uh, Braylon Sanders, Dontario Drummond, and Jonathan Mingo for – Ole Miss and the in the receiving core and defensively, I think the Rebels have really kind of plugged some some holes that they had. Um, all starts up front. They've got uh, some really some bigger bodies up there on the defensive line, and they've got additional depth there that they didn't have last year. And so I think that's going to help them in terms of the secondary. They have a transfer, Jake Springer, who actually transferred in from Navy. He had to sit out last year, but he's going to be uh, their starting strong safety. And he's done a great job. Uh, Jalen Jones is moving to cornerback. He had to play safety last year and he's moving to corner and uh, he's a veteran returning player who's healthy now. So I, I really look for their their defense to be improved. You know what, Evie? I, I'm going to stay with the defensive side of the ball because on defense they had 14 defensive signees. And like you said, the transfers are supposed to provide depth and everything else. And you had the junior college uh, transfer defensive lineman Isaiah Iton and uh, Jamon yeah. Gordon. They're supposed to help strengthen that front. And, 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 and to beat Louisville, you're going to have to get to Cunningham. I mean, if he's back there and he's got all day to throw, uh, Ole, Miss, it could be, Ole Miss would be in trouble. <laughs> oh, absolutely. When we, when we heard from uh, Jalen Jones yesterday, uh, the cornerback, you know, he said, I, you know, I'm not going to say he's Lamar Jackson 2.0, but, you know, the dude is good. The dude can throw. He can run. You know, we're definitely going to be challenged. And then, uh, to your point, that's uh, Quentin Bivens was a defensive lineman we spoke, spoke with yesterday, starting nose tackle. And, uh, you know, he said the same thing, but he said that the depth he feels like is really going to help us. Because last year I feel like we were undersized and I feel like we didn't have the depth. So 
just the level of physicality in the SEC, I think it, it's a grind and it will get to you. And I think there were some games we kind of wore down a little. And you're right about uh, Isaiah Eitman and Jamon Gordon. They are the one and two defensive tackles. And, you know, they're JUCO transfers. So, you know, that tells me that Kiffin uh, got some kids who can come in and, and make a make a big impact quickly. Well, you know, Evie, this is a defense that doesn't need to be a top-ten defense. It's so explosive offensively for Ole Miss for them to win. They're my sleeper in the West. Uh, you know what? I think you're right. And I think, you know, we saw last year from Ole Miss's offensive perspective, you know, it's interesting, people, People forget that, I mean, as prolific as this offense is and Corral's great arm and the receivers they had, Ole Miss led the SEC in rushing last year. They were number one in in, uh, rushing yards per game. So, you know, they've got kind of the complete package there. So I I don't think scoring points, scoring from far, scoring from close is going to be any problem. And you're right. I think if the defense, you know, we use that word serviceable. I mean, if they – you know, can jump from 120 something to you know 70. I mean, I, which I think is absolutely feasible this year. I think that you know they they win some of those games they lost last year. You're listening to Evie Van Pelt, editor of the Rebel Walk, right here on ATL Prime Sports. Evie, we've broken the game down. Give us a score prediction. We know who you're picking. Give us a score. Oh boy. Um. Well, let's see. I should have been prepared for this question. I mean, I absolutely – I mean, Ole Miss, I think, is favored by – I think right now by 10. Um, I think the point total is around 75 um, from last I checked. Um, What's the over on this game? I, what is the over? Does anybody know? 70, 75. 75? 75, I think they're going over. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I – I definitely think so, but I really think the Ole Miss defense is going to surprise some people. So, um, you know, I'm going to say 41-27. Wow, I got 41-35. I like it. You what? That means you got Ole Miss. You got Ole Miss covering the spread, and again, you got it over the 75 and a hook for the over/under. I like the prediction. I've got 41-34. Evie, thanks so much for coming on. We're out of time. And I will see you Monday in downtown Atlanta. Sounds great. All right, we'll see you then. Bye now. Thanks for coming on. This is Evie Van Pelt, publisher of the Rebel Walk here on ATL Prime Sports. We'll stay with football, but we're going to go to the National Football League. We're going to go to the Atlanta Falcons and the NFC South. And something has been in my crawl for about a couple days, so I'm going to get it out right now. Uh, I, you know, I hear um, the media around town saying that, uh, you know, the Falcons, uh, you know, should they sign, um, should they sign Cam Newton? He got released by the Patriots. Mac Jones is going to be the starter in New England. We all know that Bill Belichick did not release Cam Newton for COVID. Anybody that thinks that is out of their absolute mind. Mac Jones beat him out fair and square. They want Mac Jones to be the starter, and they don't want nobody looking in his rearview mirror. So they released Cam, and now Cam, he's a free agent. Could he come to Atlanta? He would help the Falcons' quarterback position for some depth. 
tremendously. He could back up Matt Ryan. What if something happens to Matt Ryan, who's been incredibly durable throughout his career? But say Matt Ryan gets hurt and they need Cam Newton for a couple games. I mean, I, to me, it's a no-brainer to sign him. And, you know, and I, I saw some folks around town, Zach Klein of Channel 2 here in Atlanta, saying, well, I don't think the Falcons will sign him because he's, if, if he's not vaccinated, I don't care if he's not vaccinated. It's only one player that's not vaccinated. People are going to get the virus whether they're vaccinated or not. The vaccination helps, one, keep healthy from, from, one, from entering the hospital, and, two, potentially dying. Cam Newton's had the virus twice. Cam Newton would help the Falcons immensely, and Josh Rosen could back up him. But to do not but, – but, J.J., for the Falcons – hang on one second, partner. For the Falcons not to take him because he's not vaccinated, if that is the real deal, and I don't believe it is, is pure lunacy. Your thoughts, JJ? Then we'll go to Mark. Yeah, you're you're correct. That's why I was just dittoing. Uh, I mean, I, I I second your thoughts almost to the T. Uh, TC, you need someone to back up Matt Ryan. Currently, right now, you do have a former first round draft pick in Josh Rosen, but he has uh, only been in this system for what two weeks, if that. Then you have Felipe Franks, an undrafted free agent. That's a rookie. Um, yeah. Cam Newton can help this football team win games. And you mentioned it. Matt Ryan hasn't had an uh, uh, injury-prone career. He's been very historically – he's been playing 16 games historically his whole career. But something could always happen, and he's a good, viable MVP-winning backup. So down to a T, Todd. I don't think the vaccine had anything to do with it. I think Matt Jones simply beat Cam Newton out. And, 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 J.J., I like Zach Klein over at WSB and Channel 2. He's a sports director. He does a great job over there. But, you know, to put that tweet out there, I, I don't understand it. I mean, I don't. It's, it's a, you're, the Falcons are in a business to win football games because if they don't, they'll fire this coach. Like, they fired Dan Quinn. They'll fire the new Smith. They fired an old Smith. <coughs> Excuse me. It doesn't matter. If you don't win games, virus or not, Arthur Blank you don't have move a job. on. They have to win football games. Mark, your thoughts. I think you're absolutely right, and I think the Falcons really haven't done anything since they went to the Super Bowl and laid an egg against the New England Patriots when I think they had a 28-3 to lead in the third quarter of that game. But, uh, you know, the way they've – constructed this team and I, I was it's sad to see you know Julio Jones um, been moved out of there but I'm a real big fan of this Pitts kid I like this guy a lot if Ryan can figure you know and, and, and stay upright you know it's going to be interesting somebody's going to challenge the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this division so why not the Atlanta Falcons New Orleans might be coming back to the mix there's no Drew Brees there and we've seen when you lose a starter player it sets your organization back a few years, case in point, the old San Diego Chargers when Breeze left there. So maybe Atlanta's the team to make a, a jump here. Carolina's trying to find themselves. So I'm, I'm going to go with Atlanta number two in this division. Well, that's interesting. 
I have Tampa Bay and everybody else, and to me, when it comes to the Falcons, whether they're going to finish second, third, or fourth, because there's no way they're winning this division unless, of course, Tom Brady goes down. Then we've got a free-for-all. But until Tom Brady gets hurt at the age of 44, which is possible for any player to get hurt, um, to me, for the Falcons, J.J., they're going to go as far as their defense is going to take them. And two, can this team close games out? They had four games, four, with plus 95% chance to win last year and lost (laughs) all four of them. One to the Dallas Cowboys, and here's the other one, to the Detroit Lions. The Lions, of all people, you lost two with a 90% chance of winning the game. And and that's why Dan is not here anymore. So now uh, it's up to the new coaching staff to close things out and prove the defense because the offense is good enough to compete, J.J. Absolutely. You mentioned it. The offense is uh, still one of the best in the business. you got an MVP-winning quarterback in Matt Ryan. You did bring in Mike Davis, who can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a pretty good, solid starter. I think the only question mark, Todd, on this offense is the backups behind Mike Davis. You bring in Wayne Gallman, a free agent running back. I believe he last played in New York, um, local Grayson High School product. And then you have Cordero Patterson, who we all thought was going to be maybe possibly the number two running back, but it looks like he's going to be your three. You'll have all three of those players playing. That's about your only question mark, but you're right. It is on the defensive side of the ball. And you and I have talked about this. Everybody talks about this at the water cooler. The Falcons can get after the quarterback. If Dante Fowler can turn the clock back, get after the quarterback, get double-digit sacks, uh, you have Grady Jarrett do uh, very similar, maybe eight to ten sacks, this team can improve and maybe reach that ceiling I was talking about of nine wins. But that's a lot of ifs. And it is the question mark on the defensive side of the ball is getting after the quarterback, Todd. Well, hey, Mark, J.J. said it, a lot of ifs. Can Fowler get to the quarterback? Can this? Can that? To me, when you got a lot of ifs, you don't have a lot of certainty. And if you don't have a lot of certainty, your record is usually under 500. Mark, what are your thoughts on this team? Well, like I said, you know, when you look at the NFC guys, I mean, really, it's, it's Tampa Bay and everybody else. You know, the, 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 the Redskins are going to be there. you got the Packers in the mix. Who knows? you got the Vikings, uh, Atlanta. It's, it's not as strong as the AFC. AFC has about eight to ten teams over there that are going to knock each other out, and I still think that's the best division in football is the AFC North. But when you look at the NFC, guys, somebody's got to, you know, play the uh, championship game with Tampa Bay. So, there's Tampa Bay, and there's five, six other teams that are trying to play Tampa Bay in that NFC championship, and why can't it be the Falcons? Why can't it be, J.J.? They're going to replace, you know, they've got to replace Julio Jones. They've got uh, the kid coming in from Florida. You know, the Falcons were 16th in the NFL in points scored per game last season with an average of 24.8, rounded off to 25. Ryan was, you know, his typical self, 4,500 yards plus and 26 touchdowns. You know, mm-hmm. Dick Cotter's schemes seemed to hold Ryan back some. Uh, you know, but, you know, they did have an underperforming offensive line that allowed 41 sacks. That's why I think you need to go get Cam Newton because if Ryan gets hurt, 
you're going to leave it to Josh Rosen, who showed some moxie in the last preseason game. But, you know, with Smith's creativity and his playing calling, J.J., as we got about a minute to discuss this, you know, uh, uh, offensively this team is going to be fine. It's the defense once again. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It is the defense. Uh, the offensive line has three former first-round draft picks on it and McGarrity, Lindstrom, and Matthews. Um, I think they'll be able to keep Matt Ryan upright. The two tight end sets should help Matt Ryan out tremendously with Hayden Hurst, an athletic tight end, as well as Kyle Pitts, the rookie we mentioned. You do have, other than Calvin Ridley, you do have two solid wide receivers, Russell Gage out of LSU, who's come on over the last year or two, and Alameda Zacchaeus, who's a good possession receiver. And I told you on Monday's show, if you, if you watched, he will be a household name by the end of the day, but it goes back to the defense. This defense isn't deep. When you got guys like John Kamiski and Jonathan Bullard as your, uh, you know, your defensive ends on the left side, uh, Tyler Davidson, uh, Grady Jarrett, um, these guys aren't all pros. These guys aren't your typical household names. They're going to have to make a name for themselves. Now, the linebackers you know and Dante Fowler you know, but uh, A.J. Terrell made a good name for himself last year playing good corner. Uh, it, it's really a lot of ifs, T.C., and that's that's the question mark in this Falcons team. Well, Dan Pease, the uh, first-year defensive coordinator, will surely have his hands full. We'll, we'll preview the Falcons more early next week here on ATL Prime Sports. Let's go to the football game in this area. In the southeast, well, Alabama fans might say their game against Miami is one, which I get it. I, I, I can't argue but in these parts, here in the state of Georgia, we all know Clemson and Georgia is is the game. It definitely is. And, J.J., I mean, two words set it up. Dogs, Tigers, top five matchup, five UGA versus three Clemson. Uh, get it going, my friend. Oh, yeah, wait, I hey, look, J.J., I'm sorry. I was going to tell you before you got it going. UGA leads a series 42-18-4. First meeting was way back in 1897. Georgia won the last uh, meeting in 2014, 45-21. Now it's going to be Kirby Smart uh, versus Dabo Sweeney. Get it going, my friend. I'm sorry. I'll start it off with my prediction. Uh, if you watched the YouTube show earlier, I went UGA in the points. That's the safe bet. But I think the Dogs win by double digits. Here's why. Clemson might be out there starting left tackle Tyler Davis. I expect an experienced UGA defensive line to take full advantage of that. If he, if Davis is out, expect Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt to wreak havoc on DJ Ungalalele. I, I think that's going to be the difference in the game. If that Tyler Davis cannot play, Georgia's defensive line is too good. Uh, we already know Dabo has come out, as well as Kirby, and said, hey, our centers, <laughs> question mark, throw it up in the air. We don't know what we're doing. George's is hurt. Clemson's has uh, been uh, you know, rotating three or four guys in that position. Um, sure, look, UGA may be beat up. You've heard about it. Tight end, wide receiver, uh, even defensive back is out in this game. But, look, they have really good players with names you might not have heard. Freshman tight end Brock Bowers is going to be a key in this game, as well as redshirt junior John Fitzpatrick. They're going to fill in nicely for the injured Washington and Eric Gilbert, who is still out and not with the team currently. And my final prediction, Adam Anderson is going to make an impact play for the Georgia Bulldogs. Strip sack, maybe even a pick six. 
something like that. Adam Anderson's going to impact the game in a positive way. The dogs get the double digits win. I think it's going to be a pick six late in the game that turns the tide. JT Daniels is the better quarterback. Dogs by Ooh. double digits. All right. Well, Mark, I'm going to come over to you. Um, DJ's a pretty good quarterback over there, Clemson. He threw for 400 plus change against Notre Dame last year in the loss um, up in South Bend. You know, Clemson's attempting to prove at 13 and 4 against its SEC opponents in the college football era. Clemson's won its last six against the SEC East foes, and it's also six and two versus the West since the start of 2016 season. Uh, we also know Clemson's attempting to extend its regular season's winning streak against the SEC opponents to 11 games, and Clemson's current 10-game regular season winning streak against SEC teams back to 20 and 14 and Clemson's also attempting to improve to 27 and 6 in games following a loss under Dabo Sweeney including season openers following a loss in a previous season final. Uh DJ, uh, you know, JJ just mentioned the quarterback uh comparison. Uh, this kid DJ's really good. He's entering the game with zero interceptions on 117 career pass attempts. He needs 48 more pass attempts on interception to tie the Clemson record. For most pass attempts without interception to start the career held by Cullen Harper. So back in uh, first 165 pass of his career that spanned back from what, 05 to 07. Now he's replacing Trevor Lawrence, who he replaced last year in the Notre Dame game when Trevor was hurt. Mark, this is a really great matchup, and J.J. thinks George is going to pull away your thoughts. Well, I haven't seen George actually do anything since, uh, you know, Buck Ballou and Herschel Walker and, you know, Vince Dooley were uh, running the sidelines there, and that's been oh, 1980. words. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, well, and here's the thing. Here, when you lay it out, Georgia has been in these championship games and they've they've found ways to lose against Alabama, so I don't have yeah. much stock in Georgia, and I know I'll, I'll, I'll probably catch some flack. As far as Clemson, man, I'll tell you one thing: the ACC is something. The team you got to watch out for in that conference this year. And I had a good friend quarterback him years back, Chris Keldorf, uh, until he broke his leg by Andre Wadsworth, the Florida State, and Oscar Davenport stepped in, and Matt Calvin was there. Keep your eyes on the Tar Heels in North Carolina. This is a team that's going to give the pressure to the rest of the teams in the ACC. Circle the wagons here. As far as quarterbacks, that Clemson's got a good one. They've produced a lot of great guys. I love Trevor Lawrence in the NFL now. He's going to be a decade quarterback at Jacksonville. But the two quarterbacks I'm looking at, Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma, and I like that kid at Arizona State, uh, Daniels. I mean, keep your eyes on those two guys, especially Daniels down there in the desert, man. You know, JT Daniels, Mark, of, of Georgia is a really good one, too. I, You know, this quarterback matchup in this Clemson-Georgia uh, game, to me, is going to be terrific. I mean, to me, it comes down to a, a turnovers like it always does, B, special teams, which has really hurt Georgia in some of these big games. And, and D, Georgia, to me, if they run the football to the 50, I think they're going to throw it deep with JT Daniels than they ever have before. They're going to try to stretch out that Clemson defense. 
and they're going to they're they're going to test that secondary, and that's JT Daniels' special is to throw that ball deep down the field, and 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 not this dink and dunk stuff. So you know, Georgia's got they're that typical pro style offense team. I think they stick with it, except I think they throw the ball deeper defensively. We all know Georgia's special defensively. They usually are every year. But Mark is right, JJ. Georgia does puzzle me in big games as we have two minutes left. The loss in the championship against Bama, they had that one. They had the SEC title game. Uh, they blew that a couple of years ago. They blew it in 12 when Mark Rick was coach. It was at 11. <clears throat> and also, you know, some of the losses to South Carolina puzzled me. Um, Texas in the bowl game puzzled me. So, you know, I, I – and LSU, but I mean LSU is a great program. But Georgia, you know, there's talk. The Kirby Smart, the pressure, you know, he's got to get it done this year, and this is what year seven for Kirby. So you know, JJ, the pressure's on in Athens, and and and, and but Clemson has to have this game more than Georgia. We have a minute left because if Clemson loses due to the conference they're in, it may be hard for them to get back. Where if Georgia loses. Uh, you know, they can still win the SEC and probably get in. Um, absolutely. Georgia's schedule lines up afterwards where they avoid A&M, they avoid LSU, they avoid Alabama from the West. They've typically historically dominated Auburn in the regular season. And to address that, they have lost all the big games. They are recent Rose Bowl champions. They have made and won a college football playoff game. They have won in the SEC title versus the number one team in the country. They have also beaten two top ten Notre Dame teams once with the freshman quarterback. I do not think Georgia uh, has uh, anything but done well in big games. Sure, you lost to Nick Saban a couple times, but who doesn't? Well, everybody does, J.J., and, you know, I think what Mark's referring to is it's been 40 years since they won a thing. 41 years since they won it. They have money. They have great recruiting grant. I mean, this is the, one of the best. This is the top four in high school football in the United States. Arguably top four without question. It's time for Georgia to win the whole thing. I think that's where Mark is coming from. All right, we're out of time. Thank you, Evie Pan Pelt of the Rebel Walk, for coming on today. Thank you, JJ and Mark. Um, I thank all you guys. It's, it's been great. And, uh, and, and you know what? Next week we'll have another edition of ATL Prime Sports, and we'll discuss this game and some others, and we'll also preview the Atlanta Falcons a little deeper. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. If you want.